again today we're going to try to um, really cover quickly. I know that one of the the uh, some of the feedback we got was that we went too fast, but um, it's challenging to cover a lot of these topics. So we're going to try to quickly do a refresher on some of the stuff that we um, talked about last time, and then. Um, we're going to get into a couple of different categories of stuff that we didn't talk about. Um, and then hopefully you guys have questions for us. Um, really didn't get many questions, just a couple ahead of time that I've tried to integrate in here. So, um, so the first thing I'm going to do, let me share my screen. Um, ah, Neil. <laughs> uh, so let's see, let me share my screen real quick. And all right, so um, we uh, where we got where we started last week was just going over some of the the general things inside of Teams and how Teams is set up and how it works. And again, Paul Sponsia, CEO of the IT company, I think most of the people I saw in here know who I am at this point. Cody Crowell, Cody is uh, has been with us for a really long time, and he is one of our virtual CIOs who manages a bunch of accounts. So we're just going to kind of bounce back and forth. Cody will try to moderate any questions and then um, also work back and forth to show some of the functionality with me. So, so really quick on Teams, you know, we've been using um, uh, Teams for, I guess, two years maybe now, I think two, two years. Um, we're we're all in. It's actually our phone system, so all of our phone calls come through Teams. Um, we're heavy, heavy users. What you're seeing here is a is a, a demonstration tenant, so this is not our actual live uh, data. But we um, we use Teams and our ERP system that we use to run our business are the two uh, tools that we use the most. So every functionality there is that we know of, uh, we're using or trying to take use or make use of. So. I want to quickly just kind of go over a couple of things that we went over last time, um, just some reminders of how to do certain things, some some functionality. One of them I talked about was pinning apps. If you look at the uh, the three dots right here, again, I'm using the web version, so I can only pin one app to the web version, but when, you, when you're using the actual real Teams client, uh, you can pin, I think, three or four different apps to that client. The, what's handy about it is if I take one of these, and I pin, let's say, Planner here, I just have a quick way to get to it. So it makes Teams, again, a little bit more of a, a hub of places that I can go and get information and get access to information. So if you're using the full version, you can pin multiple apps. You can add apps that aren't already in here uh, to Teams as well. Um, and then you have a quick way to get to it. So on my personal version of Teams, I have uh, OneNote, so I have I have one, two, three, four, I have five different apps pinned. So I have OneNote, um, a tool called MindMeister, Planner, uh, actually I have Zoom meetings and a product called Stream that I have pinned in here. So pinning apps is super important. Uh, the second thing I wanted to talk about, which is really important again, is the idea of a status message up here. If you click on the right side of uh, where your name is, um, a, you can put a picture up here. So if you want to put a picture of yourself so you can identify, people can identify your picture a little bit easier. But this part right here of whether you're available or not is super important. Uh, do not disturb is a big one I use a lot when I need to be working on something. I don't want to shut teams down necessarily, but I want to work on something. I won't get any pop-up messages saying that somebody is, is trying to contact me via teams. Um, so that's important, and then the status message is really helpful too. Um, so you can type information like this, and you can say that I want it to only uh, have that status message for an hour, and now my status message will be set, and I can go to do not disturb if I want, but since we're demonstrating stuff, I'm gonna leave it in available. So, hey Paul, Dennis, uh, yeah. Dennis asked, uh, where does the status pull from automatically? It gets it from your calendar. So if you have a calendar appointment, um, I don't, this is again as our demo tenant, but if I, uh, if I set something up in here, well, we've got some stuff in here already, but if I set something up in here, it would automatically, by the way that I set my calendar, uh, it would automatically uh, set my time off or set it to uh, busy, not do not disturb. Yeah. It does, 
I don't know of any way to do do not disturb automatically. Yeah, we, um, like Paul mentioned, we use Teams as our phone system so we can actually see when people are in a call. So if someone takes a call, um, their status will go red and they'll say in a call or, and then their other status is based on their Outlook calendar. Yeah, since we don't have a, uh, the phone system tied into our demo tenant, it doesn't have in a call, but it would have in a call if we were in our actual live tenant. So my, whenever you set a calendar entry, it sets it to busy for that count. If you set your calendar entry to be busy, it'll be busy. If you set it to be tentative or free, then it'll stay available. So it's very important. Um, okay, so that's a quick one. Are there any other questions on that? Um, I wanna talk about groups again. So we've got our, our uh, buttons down the side. Activity is our activity feed. You can change this by the way and only look at your activity versus all activity. So that's really important. Um, but when you're doing a chat, which is the kind of the one-to-one or one-to-many conversational topics, um, you can set up group chats. So when you click the little pencil up here, which creates a new one, you can type, um, I can type Cody and uh, Tiger, and I can drop the arrow down and I can call this group the golf group. We'll call it the goat group. Goat of golf, the goats, since Cody, Cody Crowell is one of the greatest of all time too. Um, and then when I start, you're welcome, when I start typing in here, um, it's gonna go to all of them. The thing I wanna just remind everybody about groups again, groups are a great way, or just the chat is a great way um, to have a conversation I would be really careful about using it to have con, uh, topical conversations because the threads become very, very difficult to follow. Um, that's the, the idea behind using the teams and the channels in teams versus actually using the group chats. The group chats or this, the chat is really like, I need to get a question answered by Cody really quick and I wanna ask him a question or a group of people, I need to get them together really quick to have a discussion. Or if you're using video, you can click the video button right here and that group, it will call everybody together at one time and you can have a quick video conference, which is really helpful, or just a teleconference. Um, but yeah, um, I just ahead. wanted to point out, you know, in my experience of using it, um, you know, I wouldn't rely on the chat for history. I mean, it's there, it's hard. but you don't want to, you know, you don't want to search it. It's, 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 a, it's a scroll forever. But the yeah. search function up at the top on Paul's screen there, you can search through a chat and it'll find stuff, but it, you know, the, the threads and the teams channels are a much better place to organize that information. Yeah. If you're, if it's topical, if it's about a project or about something that you want to have contained in the thread of discussion, you want to use the team itself. The chat is really, again, for kind of ad hoc conversations. I do want to remind everybody that you can do the, uh, the pop outs. Um, if I thought you could, I don't see it on here now. I'm missing something. That's weird. Um, historically, I don't know what's I don't know what's taking place. Um, there's something happened in our tenant, but normally there's a button here that allows you to pop it out into a separate conversation. So I don't know if something happened in this demo tenant that made it go away. Is yours working, Cody? Not in the web. My full tenant still is, oh, but not right, in the web. So probably doesn't work on the uh, maybe on the web version for some reason. But the actual full, the actual client that you install, it works. But there's a button that'll show up right here that has like a little arrow pointing up, and you click that, and it pops the conversation out separately, uh, which is really helpful when you're trying to use Teams and have a separate conversation at the same time. So um, I wanted to talk about tags again, and that's inside of uh, um, inside of the actual team themselves. And so when you click on here inside of any team on the three dots, one of the things you have is manage tags. And this is just, we already set one up here, but this is just a great way to create um, groups of people that you want to have a, that you want to notify or tag inside of a conversation so that they can pay attention to it. I think the analogy I gave or the example I gave last time was if you have a multi-location company where you only want to notify, uh, you don't want to set up teams per location, but you only want to notify people in a certain location 
maybe that you're going to be it's a snow day because that location is farther up north you could create a tag oops. we could create a tag called um, main and that could be cody and tiger no oh, tiger's not in here uh is denzel no all right we'll just do cody um and then whenever i'm having a conversation here i'm in the wrong one sorry should have said main the, the uh, state but anyhow And they'll only notify Cody or the multiple people that I've put into that um, into that tag. So you can go back into the tag. Cody, do you know who else is in this uh, group that I can add? I can't remember. Is Peyton in here? I don't remember either. Okay. So anyhow, the most important thing is that you can create them. They're per team. And so by putting them in these different teams, uh, you can create different tags, like we created this marketing tag. It shows who's in there. So again, if I'm inside sales and marketing and I want to let the, um, what was that one called? I want to let the marketing team only know because it's sales and marketing. Um, it'll, it'll let them know. So just a lot, a little simple way to communicate with people in a smaller, in a, in a, kind of micro setting with inside of a team. So you don't have to notify everybody at once. So um, I did want to remind everybody about this using hashtags. Um, hashtags are really important. This is actually the, the group that we use. But if you're going to um, have conversations about topics and you want to have a quicker way to search for things, if you put a hashtag in front of stuff, this hashtag is an actual group, but normally if I'm in here, uh, I'm trying to find an example of a good one that we did. Um, and I want to use a hashtag for snow. That would have been a good one. Now, whenever I go to search, if I use the hashtag snowing, every time I use the word snowing, it's going to show up inside of the search a lot faster. So it's just uh, what we found in doing it is it creates a much faster search means and an easy way to organize things by using those hashtags. They're not live like what you're used to maybe in LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook or whatever, but they still work for, from a searching perspective, which is super important. So, Steve asked, is there any way to ping with an at, at for everyone in your organization? Uh, no. There's not only if you have a, the only way to do that is if you have a team that everybody is a part of, which is a kind of a, um, we've done that. And I, I, one of the things that we overlooked is it adds every single thing inside of active, active directory, every user of any type into the group or into the team. And it's not a good best practice to do. So there is a, I say that um, a little reluctantly, meaning not to my knowledge, is there a way to do that? I've not seen it. All right, so one of the things that is, one of the really powerful things about Teams is the ability to share uh, with other people outside of your organization. So one of, the, uh, one of the things you can do is you can actually add people into Teams. So if I wanted to create a specific team, um, for instance, if I was gonna create a team called, um, oops, I created a chat, sorry. And I'm going to call the, I'm going to make it a private team and I'm going to call it the, um, we'll call it SpaceX. So now when I add members, I'm going to add Cody, I'm going to add Denzel. But I'm also going to add this guy outside of my organization. Uh, I know that we did this when we first set this up, didn't we, Cody? We did, yeah. Hmm. Normally, it would pop up and say that uh, I'm somebody that can be available. Let me make sure. All right, hold on, 
So I'm going to add these two real quick. Sorry. And I'm going to go back into the team. I'm going to make sure. Yeah, guests are allowed. All right. Let's just make sure real quick. Oh, okay. I guess it couldn't do it on the initial creation. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. I've, I've never done it on the initial creation anyhow. But one of the things that you can do is you can add guests outside of your organization. Now, two things to think about when you do that. One is if hopefully they have an Office 365 account already and they can use those credentials. Um, if they don't have one, they're going to have to create a Microsoft Live account to access this um, based on their email address that you invite them. So make sure you think about that, communicate with them ahead of time about that. But when I add these two, they're going to be added as guests. So they're both set to guest. And now um, we can't really demonstrate this as much because it's, it would require us showing you our actual live tenant. But now we have external users and you notice they're listed as guests in here. It also says this team has guests. So there's a lot of places where it reminds you and tells you that you have guests added to this. The really nice thing about that is that I can now share information with them. So if I need to share a file uh, with somebody that's outside of, it hasn't set up the files yet, that's outside of my organization, I can share those files with them very easily. I can also use the idea of um, private channels, which we've talked about before. So I can add a channel and I can call this, I'll just call it the private channel. And I can make this channel private and I can only add, and I can add a, a smaller segment of people. So if I want Cody and Denzel to have access to it, but not Paul, I can add them to this. And the individuals who have access to the general team and that general channel, they have access to everything, but the private channel is locked down only to two people. So if I look at the the uh, team, I've got members and guests, me, Cody, Denzel, right? And then if I go to the private channel and manage the channel, it's only me, Denzel, and Cody. So it's a much smaller group before, and Cody's using it. Is this your guest? Yeah, just here. showing, you know, that's what I got in my uh, IT I company it. email that I've been added as a guest. Yeah, that's nice. So so there's a lot of cool things you can do, which goes along with that. We mentioned that you can share files. Hopefully it's got that set up so far. Yep. So we can share files. So that's the file that Cody posted in here, but I can set up a uh, working projects. I can upload files into here. Um, now, whoever has access to this, even the external people can have access to this file. Obviously, it's really important to think about if you're going to share externally information with people that you're not sharing sensitive information or that you've worked with someone like us to really work through things like conditional access, data loss prevention, and stuff like that so that you can set controls on who can download files and who can open files and stuff like that. But it is a really powerful way to be able to share information um, and work with third parties. I think we talked a little bit about it last time that we do a lot of this with our customers. We share files with customers this way um, in our virtual CIO relationships. And then we also have third parties that we work with, accountants and et cetera, that we work with extensively who are integrated into our teams and working with us directly inside of Microsoft Teams. So it makes it really very, very helpful. Um, you can also, uh, go ahead. I was going to say one other one other use that we found is to, um, you know, our professional service project guys are using Planner um, inside of our team's tenant and then sharing that with our with our, you know, our customers, existing and new customers to share the project plan, share files, uh, meet inside of that team. Um, it's really powerful. It, it's replaced, a, you know, part of our CRM that didn't work very well for us. Yeah, I just added a planner, which I just hit the plus on here, which is how you add third parties, and I hit planner. Um, and I added a plan on here, so I can go in now, and I can create, um, this is a to-do, but I could create um, uh, 
phase one if I wanted to, phase two, and inside of each one of those I can add tasks. And Planner is a, probably a, a, a session on its own, but Planner is a pretty powerful tool um, for planning projects and managing projects. So it's a very simple tool, but you can actually come in and, and set, you know, here's the start date. That has to be done by the 31st of July. The assignments are, that's Cody Crowell. He's a guest, which is nice. Um, and Denzel is going to be assigned to this. And so extremely powerful, um, very nice, uh, not, a lot of capabilities around sharing files, sharing information, bringing people into teams, and really bringing the team together internally and externally working on a project. So, we've got a couple questions here. Um, okay. Steve, Steve asked if they already um, have an account in their own tenant, um, and they get added to it as a guest. How do they access, you know, this other tenant? So, I can't see it here, but um, what'll happen is if you're a member of another tenant, um, you might, Cody. Uh, well, no, I don't think you can do it in the web. I, I, you know, I know uh, to answer the question uh, Paul's going there too, is um, up in the upper right hand corner, Steve, you can switch between the tenants that you're added to. Um, you could have multiple. Um, I've seen some customers that have three or four. Um, yeah, I'll give you switch between uh, them. I'll give you an example. Can you see my actual live screen now? My tenant, my yeah. team's tenant. So right here, you see I have the IT company. I have the IT company guest. That's actually the guest tenant that we're talking about. So if I click on that guest tenant, it actually flips me over to what I have access to inside of um, the, the uh, test tenant that we were talking about. So you can see, now I see, here's the files. Here's the spreadsheet I uploaded. If I click on that spreadsheet, it'll actually open the spreadsheet for me. Um, I can see it. It's in the web view um, inside of Teams, but I can actually access it. And then the last piece is I actually have access to the is to Planner as well. So if I go back and I go to this SpaceX project, it's going to pull me into Microsoft Planner. One thing to know about Planner is you do see things that aren't assigned to you. So that is one thing about Planner that's really important is if you bring somebody into using Microsoft Planner, they're going to see everything that's in the plan. You can't hide anything from them in the plan. There's no security from that perspective. So that's how you switch back and forth. You see I have four different ones in here. Um, I'm on the United Way's IT Steering Committee. This is a peer group I'm a part of. Here's our guest tenant and here's our live tenant. So that's how you do that. Um, Paul, did you mention how to uh, to to tab that up at the top? How you did the planner thing? Yeah, and that's something I wanted to go over next is the integration of apps into Teams. Um, if we're uh, if there's no more questions about this, but um, this little plus when you're inside of a channel, you see there's always a plus up here. Competitor Intel, there's a plus right here. So if I click on the plus, it gives me the ability to add what they call a tab, where I can add both. Uh, just kind of a set number of apps in here, which are basically your Microsoft apps. Um, or there's all these other things that you can add in here, which I don't use any of them to my knowledge. But um, there's some cool things that you can do. Um, one of those is you can add, um, if you're using SharePoint separately from this too, you can add a document library. If you have a standard Excel file, you can click Excel and you can create a brand new file if you want. Um, the other thing that you can do is you can actually add uh, a specific Excel file in here um, and, and have it pinned up to the tab automatically so that you can uh, go right to it. You saw me add Planner. You can add a website, um, which is what we did on the competitor Intel. If you click on this, it goes to our website, I believe. Oh, that's cool. We changed that. <laughs> oh, that's right. We, we, we just actually put a new website up. So. Um, so there's, our, there's that. Uh, you can add other things in here, uh, Visio diagrams, uh, Wiki, uh, OneNote. We do that a lot. So when we're doing OneNote, we put a, um, we always typically have a OneNote file attached to each customer inside of our VCIO stuff. So really, really powerful way to do that. One of the things that, that we've done um, pretty extensively is integrated a tool called JotForm into here. 
Um, I don't know if we did we do anything, Cody? Or we? I can't remember. I don't if think we did. We did. We showed that in here or not? Um, let me grab. Sorry, I should have uh, done this already. But let me grab a jot form file that I think will be really helpful to show everybody. One example of this is we, uh, and I think we may have talked about this last time, but we make everybody fill out a COVID-19 form before they come on site to our office, just validating some of the basic information um, about each employee. Um, you know, if they've had a temperature or whatever. So let me, I'm going to get that real quick. So we stick, you. we stick that job form as a tab on the uh, top of the group that everybody in the company has access to. Right. So they can so quick, you, quickly do it. If you create a new tab and click website, I'm going to put the, uh, excuse me. And there's the URL. And if I hit save, it's going to create this tab that actually has the form in it. How this has been really helpful for us is that we don't have to send the form and, and everybody has to have the form bookmarked somewhere. They can just go to the general, um, it's actually the way ours is laid out, the general tab in business operations and admin, go to the COVID-19 form and they can fill the form out. Um, and it's just, this is just a web form. There's nothing super, um, super special about it, but what it does is it allows this for us, we're asking the questions of like, when are you coming on site? Are you going to a customer location? Have you ever been tested? Have you had a fever? You know, all these normal questions that we should ask. And then submit. And it's built right in. So that has been super powerful for us. We do this a lot, especially on the sales and marketing side, because we have a lot of uh, accountability things that we utilize where we fill out forms for sales orders or for when we have meetings with people or whatever, um, and it allows a, us to kind of centralize in the idea of creating a hub, it allows us to create a hub inside of our sales and marketing team where everything they need, even the commission, when they submit their commission, when they sell a, a deal, they submit it all directly through the system um, using JotForm directly integrated with inside of Teams. So it makes super, super helpful and uh, eliminates a lot of confusion and frustration. Uh, another helpful thing with that job form they just showed is I, we use it when we go to the office right now because we want to track when our people are coming in. And I, I just went to the office this morning, forgot to do it. I was in my car and I was able to pull it up on my phone, yeah. do that job form and you know satisfy the, the policy. Very helpful. Um, if there's no questions on that, I do. I want to shift gears back to file sharing for just a little bit. We talked about this a bit um, and I think we had some questions maybe around this. Um, and there were some questions around best practices. What I would say, you know, one of the hard parts about best practices around teams right now is it's, it's evolving very rapidly. Um, and so we're developing best practices um, in real time in a lot of situations. And what we tell people is the, the biggest thing is really spending time ahead of time, understanding how you want to use it. Um, are you going to try to mimic the way your file system is set up, your current file structure is? You know, what is the plan around that? Um, and it is difficult because typically the way that a team is set up is that if you're a member of it, you can, you know, open, delete, modify anything that's inside of that, inside of that uh, channel on the file section for that team. So if you have access to the team and you're a member of the team, you can add, delete, modify, change anything. And I think we talked about this briefly last time. But I wanted to kind of show this again. So here's the general tab. We've got templates and proposals. But we don't want the templates folder to be able to be modified by everybody. And so you do have to use this open in SharePoint button. When you click that button, it breaks you out into SharePoint. And you get some additional functionality um, inside of here. And so one of the things that you'll notice is that once you do that, you can see who has access. People have access to this and what type of access do they have. So the proposals, I'm fine with the sales and marketing owners and, and, uh, and members having that type of access. The visitors have only view access. So if somebody was given external guest access, they would only be able to view it. But everybody else has full rights to do whatever to it. The templates are very different. I don't want the templates to be done that way. So again, if I click on the,
templates folder, the little, there's little uh, circles right here. It'll bring up to the right and I click on manage access. And over here, if you notice, I already went into the members and I said the members can only view it. They can't edit it. Visitors can't uh, edit it. I could actually stop the visitors from even accessing it 100% if I wanted to. So if I click, it's going to remove their access if I do that. Um, but I have the owners as still owners in here. And so the people that are left with, if you go back to teams and you go to the manage team and who has access, the people that are in this category right here, the owners, as it applies to this particular folder, they have full access to it. The folks that are in the members and guests, what that means is those people are only going to have view access. They cannot edit, change, delete anything in that folder, which is really, really important. Um, I think second, uh, I, just, I just want to kind of point out there that can get a little bit confusing between the products, but you know, all SharePoint is doing here is storing the files and the, and the permissions and stuff, which it's getting from Teams. Teams is the wrapper for, for SharePoint. So, so the terminology can get confusing sometimes, but um, unless you're doing this kind of functionality or, or trying to restore a file, you never really have to think about that SharePoint button. Yeah, this is more a power user or administrator would be doing this type of stuff. Somebody that's responsible for managing the team. Um, and the other functionality inside of that that we talked about was the ability to restore files um, based on revision history. So if you click on a file, when you get to it, you've got version history in here. And if you click on the version history, I only have one version but I could actually restore back. So if I had multiple versions of that, I don't know if we have any files that have multiple versions in here. This one does. So if I said, well, this is the version that I actually want to restore, I can click restore. It's going to ask me and it's going to replace that version that I put on there. You see seven, eight. Now it's taken that one. It left the original one, but it also made a copy of it and made it the most recent one. So that's extremely helpful if you modify, delete, edit, you know, a file. You also do have a recycle bin over here on the left. Again, this is only available by from when you're in the files and you click on open in SharePoint. But when you click on that, you do have a recycle bin. So if you click on the recycle bin, I don't have anything in it. But if there were any files, I can't, is it 30 days that it keeps it, Cody? Yes. Yeah, it keeps everything for 30 days in here. So that's a little bit of a backstop if you accidentally delete something. Anything you want to add on that, Cody? Nope, you got it all. I'm trying to remember what the, Steve, I think it was your question um, around best practices around this. So I wanted to make sure that we tried to cover that. Um, File ownership keeps changing, Steve says. Uh, that one is a little deeper. I remember that's the deeper question <laughs> than, than this situation that and I do want to talk to you offline about that as far as I think your other question is best practices around people how they access files is that I think that was maybe part of it what we yes. try to what we try to tell people is really two ways that you should be accessing files one is directly through teams you know and by going in and clicking on a file that you want to open and then clicking open in word and that will open Word and open the file. Um, the other is by making use of the sync option right here. Um, I'm not gonna click it because since this is a guest tenant, it'll probably foobar everything I've got set up for, you know, for work. But what the sync does is it sets up using a, a product that, from Microsoft called OneDrive Files to Go, which is a little piece of software that is installed on your computer that we install for all of our customers that allows you to create a cloud sync version of your files. They're not necessarily downloaded to your computer, but it has a, it makes it look like you have a Microsoft, I can demonstrate this because I do it here. If you look in here, for me, this is actually Teams. So all these folders under here that say DIT company right here, these are all locations in Teams that I have synced directly. These are all the different teams that I have access to and the different channels I have access to. 
So if you have typical um, mapped drives where you use GH whatever, this is the same thing, only it's using the, the team name and the channel name to map the same drives for you to gain access to stuff. So when I click on these, you'll see I have folders. I can click on that, health insurance. I don't have anything in there. Um, different documents that I have access to. And then I can double click on those documents and open them. Those are the two ways that we recommend doing it. Um, you can, you know, integrate things. And, and I do from time to time, like if you look at um, my version of Word, let me open Word real quick. You're gonna see that I've got all these, you know, I do click on these from time to time and open them and look at them that way, but I rarely ever click open um, and search using these OneDrive or sites. I actually just use browse and do the same thing, just traditional. And that's probably because I've been doing traditional file sharing for 25 years, but I find the folder that I'm looking for, so the marketing strategy, and I open that up from there. I don't know if that answers your question, Steve, or if that's what you were kind of looking to find out. Yeah, he said uh, said you're not using rights management like like they have set up, so you don't see the file ownership data in your Explorer. Oh, yeah, yeah, correct. That is correct, and that is a deeper um, something that's you know that we've been doing more. You know, we've been using this for so long, we haven't gone back and updated it, but we've been doing it for pe newer people lately, and that's a question that we need to go back to our professional services team and talk through how that should be set up properly. Neil asked, uh, what are some features that we're looking forward to seeing added, um, Microsoft adding into Teams? Oh man, uh, I, you know, I don't know that, I don't know a lot of that really. My friend Kent from Microsoft would probably be the guy to get on the call <laughs> for that. If, and that would have to be stuff that's not under uh, NDA. I mean, I, I do know they're gonna continue to add a lot of functionality around these um, integrated apps, these tabs and being able to integrate apps in here, that's a big component that they're focused heavily on is the integration of that stuff. You're gonna to continue to see the calendar get better and better. It's pretty strong now, but it's gonna get better and better and more integrated. Um, I know that they're, you know, a lot of it is they're trying to move towards Teams becoming the hub, you know, and even to some extent replacing email if they can ever get there, I don't know. Um, and that is a, an important piece that we didn't really talk about, which is just, I, I can't demonstrate meetings because my video and audio is taken currently by the by Zoom. But um, the ability to meet, like, you know, as Cody said, we made an example of a daily sales huddle in here. You know, we have these meetings every day, um, whether they're uh, morning, afternoon huddles, weekly meetings that we have, they're all done via Teams, they're all done via video. Um, one of the nice things is if you're sitting here at your computer or even on your phone or your iPad and the meeting starts, a notification pops up and says, you know, the sales huddle has started, do you want to join it? And you can just hit join from right there. So it's a great reminder that the meeting is happening and you need to join into it. Um, external people, you can add external people into the meetings obviously as well. So that video collaboration and meeting functionality is one of the most powerful things. And being able to pull everybody together and share actually a document and work on it and use whiteboard and mark a document up and you know, all that stuff is extraordinarily powerful. Um, they can't really demonstrate it um, in this particular setting, so. Yeah, I think um, one, one thing I know they're gonna add, Neil, um, that we're excited about is the ability to have tabs in the, the yeah. full version. It, that's one little clunky thing of Teams that if you're, say you're, you've, you've uh, clicked way down into a folder and you're accessing a file, but then someone sends you a chat and you go over to chat, you've kind of lost that spot. But um, there it's on the roadmap to add um, tabs. Um, and then one thing you know, about the meetings and, and just the, just really, you know, going all in with these tools is just the, you know, the seamlessness of all of our, all of our setup really. I mean, it's our, you know, we'll meet with customers inside of the, maybe inside of their team and it, and it uses stream to, to store that file. If we want to say, you know, if we want to record the video um, and it's all there and we can use our um, uh, permissions that we have inside of teams to grant access to those video files if we want. Um, and then same thing with our, with our uh, sales huddle, you know, it's got a, we have a daily meeting, but it also has a chat that's stored inside of that meeting and, and then ability to store those uh, recordings mm -hmm. if they want it. I just think the, you know, 
just the whole the whole package. Um, the more you dive into it, the more value there is into it. Yeah, and I want I do want to jump in just really quick. Um, we've got a few more minutes left, and I wanted to talk about some of the other tools because um, really Teams is the hub, but there's a lot of other tools that get used in the process too um, that I wanted to point out. We talked a little bit about uh, Planner, um, and that's what this is, the hub planner. So it shows you a roll up of the projects that you have. Um, I just made that one. I made that one a favorite. It shows, shows all the stuff. You can see what started, what's in progress. So that's a great one. We've talked about that. Delve is actually pretty powerful. This one doesn't really do it justice, but Delve actually shows you all the files that are being worked on in the organization that you do have access to and who's worked on them and kind of what's been done. So it's a really great place to go and kind of see what's happening inside the organization and see if there's files that are being worked on that you have access to and you want to know kind of what's happening in that environment. So that's a really powerful I actually sometimes forget that it even exists um, and forget to go to it, but it's actually a fairly powerful, um, very fairly powerful tool and a great way to kind of keep up with what's going on in the organization. Do you actually use it anymore, Cody? You know, I'll look at it every once in a while and it is, it's amazing to see, you know, if, if Paul's had a really busy day, I can see kind of track what he's done. Uh, not that I, not that that's part of my normal routine, but it's just, <laughs> I can see every document that he's touched that I would have access to and, you know, vice versa for him, for me. Um, here's a, here's and, a good example. I pulled it up and pulled you up, Cody. So it actually shows me your calendar, your direct number, your email address, um, the files, the most recent files that you've worked on. Um, I can click on other people. It actually shows uh, other people in the documents that they're working on. So it's actually a pretty powerful, pretty powerful tool um, to utilize. And then if I just go to my home, it kind of shows a big view of everything that's going on. But you can click on individual people and sort of see what's going on, what their availability is. So it's a pretty powerful, pretty powerful tool, I think, um, for doing that. And I do forget about it sometimes. I actually need to use it more because it is really helpful. Um, Another one that Microsoft has uh, recently kind of promoted is to do, which is used to be Wonderlist. I, I brought it up. If you if you guys are really interested and need a task management, I'm, I actually use Microsoft Planner personally for my own task list. I just like to live in one location. Um, but I set up a, uh, a to do example for you guys and I created some lists like home projects. Um, it'd be great to have a pool. Um, and you can actually come in to, when you create a task, if you notice, if I say um, uh, build a game room and I put that task in there and I click on it over here, I can add steps. You know, and I can add all the different steps that need to go on. I can put a due date of when I want to have this done, September 30th. Um, I can put categories so you can create little categories you can rename those, add files, add notes, the whole bit. So it's actually a pretty, it's a really good to do. There's an app for it that can go on your phone. Um, it's integrated with Outlook. So it's pretty slick from that perspective. Um, I, I, I'm not, again, I don't use it because I use planner for the same functionality. Um, but it's just as good to do it this way. Um, Kathy asked the question. Kathy asked the question about adding um, a call-in number to meetings. Uh, Kathy, that requires a uh, it's an add-on conference licensing for Microsoft. It's a, it's four dollars a month. That's you know it's a direct cost. We use that. Um, I have, and it's whoever uh, whoever that license is assigned to. If they book a meeting in Teams, it'll it'll append that conference number to every meeting. So I use it uh, myself. Paul has one. We've got a couple other people that have one. Um, and so every time I, I create a meeting, I use my Teams only for a calendar anymore. It's just superior to Outlook, in my opinion. I, I think I think it's so, so easy to use. Um, so I book all my meetings there. So every meeting that I, I would book would have a conference number, um, whether I'm using it or not. Yeah. Um, that's a great question, too. And uh, any other questions? No. Well, uh, I, think, I just kind of I want to expand uh, on her question just a little bit more. Um, you said instead of downloading the app, even if you don't have the app and you're invited to a Teams meeting, 
and you click the, you know, you click join Microsoft Teams, it'll give you the option to open it in the web without downloading yeah. the app. So pretty easy right. to do uh, either inside or outside the network. Um, you can do it that way. Um, I would I would encourage you guys to look at this my analytics as well. Um, I don't know if you look at it, Cody, but I get an email from it every day, and it's actually pretty fascinating. Um, this is again is in my demo tenant, but it's pretty fascinating the information that it gives you and how it uh, is using um, artificial intelligence to look at your calendar and figure out what is happening. Um, I'll show you my personal one real quick. Um, apparently, I've had no quiet days, so I need to uh, I need to figure out how to launch. <laughs> I mean, I need to figure out how to, how to disconnect. Um, time you're able to focus, all the collaborators that you've been a part of, the amount of time you've spent collaborating. So there's some really interesting information in here um, uh, that's really helpful. So it actually shows you like the meetings and emails, chats and calls you've been a part of the quiet hours you've lost on the 28 days. I mean, it's, it's a pretty neat, if you really spend, if you're into this type of stuff and you spend time looking at it, it's actually a pretty slick um, way to kind of help you and your team be more focused on, uh, on just, you know, personal, mental, emotional health and et cetera. So um, I wanted to, go ahead. Cody, were you going to say something? Dennis, Dennis uh, asked earlier how to get to some of these things. The easiest way, would be to go to portal.office.com. And that's kind of your, your, your launch pad. It's got all the apps you have access to. Um, that's where, that's where I'm at right now, which one of the neat things about this is it actually shows you the recent apps that you've used, anything or uh, files that you've opened up, um, sites that you uh, frequently go to. It's actually, it's pretty neat how it aggregates everything together. Um, one of the things that uh, we also uh, didn't talk much about, um, I don't have it turned on in the demo tenant, but there is an actual, uh, I know Neil uses the bookings product, um, and that is an option. I don't know if that is in here. I don't, we don't know if we have it turned on in our tenant. We don't. Um, which is the ability to, it's kind of like Calendly, it's the ability to, to um, select times for somebody uh, to book a meeting with them. There's also a tool uh, inside of the Microsoft released called uh, that's from, if you've ever heard of the, of Cortana, um, it's, uh, it's their, um, kind of like their Siri, but there's a, a, a thing called calendar.help, Cortana at calendar.help. And it actually is a really powerful AI calendar tool. Um, I'll actually show it to you right here. So if I, um, if I actually send, uh, an email, let me do this. and I send this email to Cody, it's actually gonna scour my calendar um, and send Cody times that I'm available uh, based on the natural language where I said, is there time next week to, to, for 30 minutes to discuss this? So it's gonna find 30 minute blocks on my calendar next week, send them to Cody, and then Cody can respond in natural language and say, can we do you know whatever, Thursday at this time for 30 minutes, and it'll send it back to me and automatically book it. Um, and that is a, I think that's now available. That was in beta for a while. Did you ever sign up for it, Cody? I haven't done it yet, but I know you've used it with me and it's, it's, it's very nice to not have to go back and forth. Yeah, it's an extremely powerful tool. Um, here, I'm gonna show you, I'll show you guys real quick. So this was um, Cody's response. And this is what it sent to me. So it sent this to me and said, I received your message. Um, I'll try to find a time that works for Cody and get the meeting scheduled and send a confirmation once it's done. And so Cody wrote back on this and I should be getting a calendar invitation or calendar I meeting just, shortly. Did you get one? Yeah. yeah. So it automatically sends Cody the invite and then here's what I got. I've set aside 30 minutes on your calendar on Monday, July 13th at 9 a.m. So it's pretty slick how that works and really, really powerful tool, really powerful tool. 
they've also added a feature, um, they call it Cortana briefing. And so it's going to search through my email looking for language um, uh, of where I said I was going to do something or maybe someone asked something for me. Um, kind of reading through my one from this morning, it, it found one that says, I'll plan on doing it tomorrow morning. Um, I will update you as soon as I hear back. And it gives me the option to uh, make a task out of that right from that email. It's really, really sweet. And if there's a lot of if there's a lot of things in there, it'll give me uh, options in my calendar to block off, to, to knock these things out, which um, Paul is a much better managing his calendar than I am. But <laughs> so for this, it really forces me to manage my time and, and, and follow up on stuff. So it's really yeah. powerful for me. Here's an example of that, of mine. Uh, Andrea asked me six days ago uh, to give her access to our, our Amex Gold cards. And then this individual <laughs> is wanting a copy of how to get information about a recorded webinar that we did. So um, it's really, I don't, Cody, mine, I don't, I've actually haven't used it for what you're talking about. Where does it set the actual uh, tasks up? Just on your calendar? Um, I think it does it as a to-do. It does. It goes back to the email. That's pretty slick. So, so it's really powerful there. And that's, I think to Neil's question, that's some of the stuff that you see continuing to grow inside the product is they're adding a lot of stuff around AI um, and specifically these little bitty uh, productivity improvements that um, haven't existed before that make just like, I get a thing all the time from Cortana telling me how much time I save by using the, the AI calendar helper. You know, you save 28 minutes trying to schedule meetings this week, you know, because you use the AI helper. So, as I wanted to give you guys some of those tools just because they're not, it's not teams, but they are extremely powerful and extremely helpful um, in, in scheduling things. I think that if you're not using another option, I don't know if it's in this calendar or not, is to do um, the bookings. Uh, I don't see it in here. Not the not bookings, but it's, uh, oh, the meeting polls. I don't know if anybody has used meeting polls before. Um, or if that exists uh, natively, but uh, the meeting poll option is where you can uh, send everybody um, times that you want to meet, um, and it'll try to go and put, I don't see it in here, must not be in the web version, but if you look at mine, see reply with meeting poll, and when I click on that, I don't know, I guess it's not working today. I've actually used it before. Um, historically, when I've used it before, it actually creates a meeting poll and allows me to choose the times that I want to meet and who I want to meet with. And it'll send everybody an invitation saying, here's the various times. Everybody choose the time you want to meet. And, uh, and then you can set up the meeting that way. So just a real simple way to try to get meetings set up. We're running out of time. Great questions. Cody, was there anything you wanted to talk about before we dropped off? Any last things? You know, I think uh, just some advice. Um, Teams is very, it's powerful and it, there's a lot of different settings and, and stuff that can go wrong. But, um, you know, the, playing around with some of these apps is, are pretty forgiving. Um, we caution you to not play around with files because once you put files in there, that's kind of where they've moved. But, um, you know, the apps like Paul showing you the, the delve and um, that kind of stuff, it's really forgiving. I mean, so, so don't be discouraged trying to mess around with that, but just, just be cautious with the files. If you don't have an IT person um, that's helping you uh, plan that out and set it up and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You can, you can open yourself up to a lot of risk and security issues really quickly. Um, by not setting up right, setting it up right to begin with. But thanks for your time. Thanks for everything. Um, we this will be recorded. We are probably going to do some more of these, but more focused on some specific topics individually, so we don't have to go so fast. I'll be wanting to get through these first two just to cover the the uh, kind of the highlights, the high level things. So we appreciate it, and uh, thanks.